Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, senior pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. Good morning, People's Baptist Church, and good morning to our guests and friends who are with us. I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are coming to you from the sanctuary of People's Baptist Church of Boston, from our historic sanctuary built in 1868. We are delighted that you have joined us, and we look forward to a good time together as we open the Word of God. The title of the message today is, In the Name of Jesus. In the Name of Jesus. In August of 1998, I had the privilege of shaking hands with then-President Bill Clinton on Martha's Vineyard. I was happy to have had the opportunity, but I knew that the president did not know my name and would not perhaps recognize me if he saw me again. In the mid-1970s, I met President Gerald Ford at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary and escorted him to his seat on the platform as the commencement speaker at his son Michael's graduation. I meant nothing to him. I was just someone who was serving in the capacity uh, of seating him. In 1971, I was in London doing research for my doctoral dissertation and lived at the International Student's House near Regent's Park. As patron of the house, Queen Elizabeth, the Queen's mother, visited and spoke with me for several minutes. But I'm sure after she returned to her palace, she remembered nothing about me. However, it was altogether different when I met the Lord Jesus Christ. At that moment in August of 1957, He wrote my name in his book of life, engraved it on the palm of his hands, and put it on his breastplate and on the shoulder pieces of his high priestly garments. More than that, he pardoned me of all my sins, gave me eternal life, and told me I had the right to use his name in whatever circumstances I found myself. For many years as a Christian, I did not fully understand the extent of the power 
and promise contained in the name of Jesus. So today I want to share with you the truth regarding the name of Jesus, which I believe can make the difference in your life as a believer. So first, there is power in the name of Jesus. In the world, we are quite familiar with various kinds of power. There's political power, traditional power, there is spiritual power, there is financial power, there is military power. And we often believe that our human problems can be solved if we are in touch with any of these powers mentioned. But the truth is that most of the people holding various human powers also have problems they cannot solve. So it is better to look to the one who has all power in heaven and on earth. Jesus has ultimate power and all other powers must bow to him. The name of Jesus is a very special name. The Apostle Paul in Philippians uh, chapter 2, 9 through 11 says, Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The name of Jesus represents authority as well as power. And unless we learn how to use that name, our lives as Christians will be severely impoverished. As you read the New Testament, you'll find the phrase, in my name, repeated a number of times by our Lord and some of the writers of the New Testament. The first time we meet the words, in my name, is in the Gospel of John, the night before Jesus went to the cross. He gave instructions to his disciples in John chapter 14, 15, 16, and 17, telling his disciples some of the things they can do in his name and the results that will follow. And so in John chapter 14, 13, and 14, he says, You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. And then in John 15 and verse 16, he says, You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. Then in John 16 and verse 23, he says, I tell you the truth. My Father will give you anything you ask for in my name. So Jesus is here telling his disciples that his name is something which they have the privilege of using. Jesus knew that in this world his followers would need a power greater than they possess to be successful. 
He knew that we would need some means by which we could tap into the divine resources available only to him. Some of you who have teenagers at some time may have allowed your teenager uh, to use your credit card for one purpose or another. I did this when my daughter, Carolyn, Dr. Carolyn Roberts, then a member of Dartmouth College, Chamber Singers, was going on a tour of Denmark and Sweden. Before she left, she said, Dad, I need a credit card to take with me in case of emergency. I gave her my gold MasterCard and told her to use it wisely. I trusted my daughter and had no fear that she would use it extravagantly and leave me with a huge bill to pay. Giving her my credit card with my name and signature meant that I was responsible for whatever she did with it. And this is precisely what is meant by the term in the name of Jesus. It means that the Lord Jesus Christ entrusts his name to us and says we can use it as legal tender in the bank of heaven. Jesus trusts us to the degree that he dares to commit his name to us and to accept responsibility for whatever consequence or relationships we may involve him in by using his name. He entrusts his disciples with his name. His name is authority. There's nothing greater that he could have given to his disciples and to us. I'm not certain whether as Christians we truly appreciate the responsibility Jesus has given us by giving us his name to use. Whatever good we do in the name of Jesus, God accepts responsibility for. Now what is the church? It is simply a group of believers who have been baptized in the name of Jesus and who have the authority to use his name and have God responsible for whatever they do. Jesus is now in heaven and does not act directly in the world. Whatever he does on earth, he does through the church, which bears his name. The church cannot obtain a greater authority on earth than the authority vested in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For his name represents his very own self. Saying anything in the name of the Lord Jesus becomes what the Lord himself says. Doing anything in the name of the Lord Jesus becomes what the Lord himself does. Whatever is decided in his name is reckoned as decided by him. The church has the authority to speak in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and see results. The church then must be very careful to use the name of Jesus wisely. The church is a very special institution. It's the only institution that we know of that will last forever. All other institutions will disappear, but the church will remain forever and ever. It is not an institution for the exercise of political, social, or personal power. 
It is a body of Christ with the responsibility of bringing in the kingdom of God by representing him, by allowing people to hear the good news of the kingdom. Matthew chapter 16, verses 18 and 19, Jesus said to Peter after he had asked them what people said about him, and Peter answered that he was the son of the living God. And I tell you that you're Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now we hear all kinds of solutions proposed for dealing with the crime and violence in our community. But I would submit to you that only the church which possesses divine authority can successfully engage the forces of evil let loose in our community. Indeed, the secular authorities in in this city recognize the power of the church and its leadership. I recall some years ago, someone from Mayor Menina's office uh, called me as the president of the Black Ministry Alliance and asked if the mayor could have a meeting uh, with the uh, executive committee of the BMA, we now call it the board, uh, to discuss school violence at the time. We met with him and three officers of the Boston Police Department in Clue Hall, and each pled with the clergy to partner with the police in going into the schools and in visiting the homes of at-risk students. They admitted to us that law enforcement officers cannot be effective without a real partnership with the clergy. You see, the church possesses the keys of the kingdom, divine authority, which can make a difference in the transformation of young people's lives. Whatever we do in the community as churches, we do it in the name of Jesus Christ. We know of no other name which has the power to change lives. But the second point is there is salvation in the name of Jesus. The early church understood the meaning of the name of Jesus and went forth in the strength of that name and turned the world upside down. And in a very real sense, that's all they had. They had no money, no property, no political clout, no civic influence, no social standing. All they had was the name of Jesus, and that was enough. Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, and 3,000 people came to accept Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And listen to Luke's account recorded in Acts chapter 2, 37 and, and 38. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift 
of the Holy Spirit. You see, the early Christians were name-claiming people. Peter made uh, this clear in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, where he says, There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. And in John chapter uh, 20 and verse 31, uh, we, we read, he says, But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. See, if someone listening to me today need to be saved, I know a name that can save you. If you want to be forgiven, I know a name that can wash away your sins. If you want a new life, I know a name that can give you new life here and now. If you want to go to heaven when you die, I know a name that can give you peace when you sleep tonight and take you to heaven when you die. That name is the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Call upon his name and you will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There is no name like the name of Jesus. It is the only name that can save us. It is the name that is above every other name. And one day all creation will bow down before that great name. But thirdly, there is healing in the name of Jesus. The very first time Peter and John encountered a difficult situation, they made use of the name of Jesus. They came upon a lame man at the gate of the temple, and the man asked them for money. And Peter replied, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I will give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. The man jumped to his feet and began to walk. When a large crowd gathered around Peter and John, Peter told them in Acts chapter 3 and verse, and verse 16, Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed, and you know how crippled he was before. Faith in, in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. The authorities ordered them not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John looked them in the eyes and said, We can't promise you that. All we have is a name. And we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. And on their release, they returned to their fellow believers, had a prayer meeting, and asked God, to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of his holy servant Jesus. I am convinced that the reason many of the churches in our day are failing is that they have not stayed with the name of Jesus. In the name of religious pluralism, 
in the name of political correctness, in the name of inclusiveness, many Christians are reluctant to call on the name of Jesus publicly, either because they do not want to be labeled as narrow-minded or because they want to show respect for those who do not embrace Christianity. But brothers and sisters, let us not be ashamed of the name of Jesus. That is all that we have. When we get on our knees with that name, miracles happen. God respects that name. He honors that name. Therefore, he hears our prayers when we ask for anything in the name of Jesus. The believer's greatest possession is the name of Jesus. It's the only heaven-sent, heaven-sponsored name. It's the only saving name. When you stay with the name of Jesus, God will honor it with answered prayers. When you get on your knees to pray, remember to say in the name of Jesus because you can only approach heaven in that name. I don't know about you, but I love the name of Jesus. There's no other name that carries as much authority and power as the mighty name of Jesus. Therefore, it is of great importance that we call upon that name when we are in need, that we call upon that name when we encounter difficulty, that we call upon his name when we face hardships, when we meet with opposition, when we suffer pain in our body, or when we are under a heavy burden. Because in that precious name, and in that name alone, there's sufficient authority and power to heal the sick and the afflicted, to remove the stain of sin, to lift up the fallen, encourage the despairing, to inspire the weary, to give hope to the hopeless, to answer our fervent prayers, to supply our daily needs, to comfort those grieving the loss of loved ones, to protect those in danger, and to break the chains that bind. In the name of Jesus, the sick have been healed, crippled limbs have been straightened, sins have been washed away, the windows of heaven have opened, and lives have been forever changed. Jesus, what a name. It provides music for our ears, strength for our faith, peace for our souls, joy for our lips, comfort for our loneliness, healing for our wounds, and glory for our future. Let the name of Jesus be always sacred and holy to you, never abusing nor misusing it for selfish purposes or in times of anger. And always remember that Jesus is just as close as the breathing of his precious name. Jesus, what a name. It provides forgiveness for our failures, wisdom for our minds, assurance for our anxieties, light for our darkness, and determination for our convictions. To our slave ancestors, he was friend of sinners, lily of the valley, rock in a weary land, shelter in the time of storm, bridge over troubled waters, the balm of Gilead, the beginning and the end, the brightness of God's glory, and the same 
yesterday, today, and forever. In the words of that great hymn, take the name of Jesus with you, child of sorrow and of woe, it will joy and comfort give you. Take it then wherever you go. Precious name, oh how sweet, hope of earth and joy of heaven. Precious name, oh how sweet, hope of earth and joy of heaven. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith.